Hey, good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? Good morning. Uh, we are showing that video as a reminder that we were able, as a church, to buy everybody who's a part of Victory Church the Ramsey Plus subscription. Um, so I want to encourage, it's about a $200 value per person, and so I want to encourage you. What it does is it gives you Financial Peace University for free, gives you over 20 hours of um, financial advising, and, and it also gives you a budgeting app. And so if you haven't been here in a couple weeks or you just haven't got, got on that yet, when you walk out of the door, say, or if you're visiting today for the first time, it's a gift to you as well. As you walk out today at the Welcome Center, there's a QR code. Do us a favor and scan that QR code, and it's going to send you the opportunity to register, and there'll be a code included. It's why you need to do this. And that code will pay for it. And so you'll be able to do that. Um, the code lasts for a year. You, you, it won't take you that long to do it, but we just want to encourage you to do it. And I've been really pushing you to do it before the end of the year. And here's why, because you're going to go into December, you're going to spend all kinds of money you don't have on Christmas, and then you're going to come into January and go, why did I do that to myself? And so it'd be great now to go ahead and get a handle on your finances before you start the new year. And that may even be something that you can fast about in January. And so if you haven't yet, please do me a favor and go out and scan that QR code after service and get that. Uh, also, I wanted to announce... <clears throat> We just got the date for this. Every December, we as a church provide Christmas. We team up with the YMCA, and we provide Christmas for families who aren't able to have Christmas through the Domestic Abuse Center in Murfreesboro. Last year, we partnered YMCA, and we, we provided Christmas for all 40 families that were in the Domestic Abuse Center. Come on. Isn't that incredible? That's awesome. Put your hands together for that. And so we're doing that again this year. We're finding out now how many families there are. But on Sunday, December 17th, in the evening, probably 4-ish, I'll, I'll get more information, we will gather at the YMCA and wrap those presents. And so last year we had, man, 20 or 30 people come out and we knocked it out, I think in about an hour and a half, we wrapped all of those Christmas presents. Just a great time together. So do me a favor, put that on your calendar, December 17th, Sunday. Uh, like I said, I think right now the plan will be four o'clock, four to six, something like that. Uh, would love to have you out to do that. Amen. You glad to be a part of a church that's doing something outside of the four walls? Come on, put your hands together for God doing something great through our church. Hey, if you got your Bibles, turn to the book of Luke, chapter 17. Luke, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 17. We, we were in a series where we talked a lot about finances. This is kind of an off sermon. It's got a little bit of finances in it, but, but way more about just something the Lord's been laying on my heart. And we'll start a brand new series next Sunday. Uh, and we'll have Christmas decorations up and Christmas songs. And we'll be in the Christmas spirit. Some of you people have already been in that for weeks because you need help. Um, I'm just kidding. Do you. You do you, boo. Um, but, but it's going to be a really exciting couple of weeks. And then as Zoe and Brian said, moving into our Christmas Eve service. So Luke chapter 17, I'm going to start reading at verse 11 <clears throat> and we'll jump into it. It says, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, 10 men, everybody say 10. 10 men who had leprosy, which was a disease, very contagious, met him. They met him where he was. They stood at a distance because protocol was you had to be at a certain distance so that you wouldn't get somebody else sick. So they stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When Jesus saw them, he then said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. Jesus said that because, again, protocol was if you thought you had been healed of leprosy, you would go to the priest and the priest would kind of check you out, similar to going to a doctor to kind of see if you were over what you were sick with. So Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest. In other words, go see that you are healed. And watch, this is important, even though I'm not preaching this today. This is a sermon in itself. And as they went, 
they were cleansed, right? So as we follow Jesus, we're set free. As we continue to pursue Jesus, we find freedom and healing and all these things. So as they went, they were cleansed. That shows you some trust in Jesus. But here's what we want to talk about today. One of them, everybody say one. One One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a what? Wow. Okay. All right. Let's try that again. He came back praising God in a? There we go. All right. Uh, Second time's always the charm. All right. He threw himself at Jesus's feet and he thanked him and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this Samaritan, except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go for your faith has made you well. I want to talk to you today from this idea, returning thanks, returning thanks. This, this time of the year, the whole Thanksgiving holiday, the Christmas holiday, it's always interesting to me and it's interesting to me for this point. I enjoy it. I love the holidays. Those are two of my favorites. But, but here's one of the things that I think you, you find a similarity in those two holidays that's interesting is there's a whole lot of preparation and not a whole lot of appreciation. Okay, so let me set you up for this. Uh, for some of you in regards to Thanksgiving, Thursday you got together, you had a big meal. Some of you went Christmas, or not Christmas shopping, uh, grocery shopping on Monday, gathered all the groceries. On Wednesday, you started prepping the food, right? Maybe you had to get the rolls ready or, or have the, the turkey going or thawing or whatever. Like It's a process. Then Thursday, you spent all Thursday cooking. And then finally, the, the, the smorgasbord of food was ready, and you sit down at the table, and everybody got their plates, and it took about eight minutes for everybody to eat all of their food, and then they disappeared, right? Like all of this preparation for eight minutes of eating. Similar to the Christmas, you, you, I have a friend that started Christmas shopping in July, and so some people Christmas shop for months, and then you have days or hours of Christmas wrapping. And then you gather all the kids down and they unwrap all of those presents like hyenas, right? And in eight minutes, they're gone. (laughs) It's all of this preparation. It's hours upon hours upon hours of preparation. And after the people eat or after the people open their presents, it's just, whoo, vanished, gone. So you don't quite get the appreciation that you think you would get based off of the preparation. The Bible tells us 76 times to give thanks in some form. Give thanks, be thankful 76 times because the Bible wants us to understand that it's important to God that you and I show gratitude towards the things, the blessings in his hand and his involvement in our life. Now watch this. Few things sting as bad as ingratitude, right? Like when we experience ingratitude, there's few things that, you know, just kind of kind of poke at you like ingratitude does. And part of that is because ingratitude can make us feel unseen. Like maybe somebody didn't see what I was doing. Maybe they didn't see how hard I worked. Or worse, it communicates, watch this, you owed me that, so why would I thank you for it? Right? That's real tough. When we've done something for somebody and we, we feel like what they're communicating is, I deserve that. You owed me that, so why would I thank you for it? If you've ever been in a scenario where you're leaving a store and you're going to hold the door for somebody because you see somebody coming and they're 10 or 15 away, 10, 10 or 15 feet away, and you think, all right, I'm going to hold this door for them. And if they're really nice, they do that little fake run. You know what I'm talking about? Where they're kind of like, you know, just kind of jotting like, like they're trying to be in a hurry. Um, 
But what sometimes will happen is they'll come walking in and, you know, you're holding the door and they enter and they don't even say, thank you, don't even acknowledge you standing there. And you're like, okay, you know, like I don't work for you. So I'm not really sure, you know, where was the thank you? It's just, it's a tough thing. Or maybe you've allowed somebody to skip you in line at the grocery store and traffic. And, you know, if you don't get the wave, you know, in the traffic, just a little appreciate you. You know, we're having a good time. You know, just like a little, little wave and let them, let them know. Like you want something. There, there's some moment where you want some type of gratitude. And if you don't get at that ingratitude, it, it hurts a little bit. And what really brought my attention to Luke 17 is that in Luke 17, Jesus notices gratitude. And watch this. And he notices ingratitude. He notices gratitude when he brings all the attention to the one who returned. He says, man, your faith has made you well. Like, there's this attention to the one showing you that Jesus notices gratitude. But here was the part that really stood out to me is not only does Jesus notice gratitude, Jesus notices ingratitude. And Jesus says, wait a minute, wasn't there 10 of y'all? Didn't I heal 10 of y'all? Where are the other nine? Where are the other nine? And this is a rhetorical question for Jesus, but he's asking, where are surely they were healed. And if they were healed, they should be here with you as well. And whenever I started reading this and a couple weeks ago really started diving into this, what I felt the Spirit of God really impressing on my heart, that's why I wanted to preach it with you, is this idea of, you know what, I'm really good at asking God for greater increase. I'm constantly asking God for greater things for our church and greater things for you and greater things for my family and greater things for me. And I want to make sure that I don't forget to thank God with greater gratitude. You know what I mean? Like in the process of asking God for greater increase, I don't want to forget to thank him with greater gratitude. So when I was reading Luke, Luke chapter 17, there were two words that jumped out to me that just, they, they had so much meaning and so much depth in them. So watch this. It says, as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, everybody say one. So we've got one out of 10. We got a 10th. One of them, when he saw he was healed, here are the two words, came back. These were the words that that stood out to me in this scripture, came back. And here's why. Because it lets you know that this man, the one, was at some point inconvenienced to come back to Jesus, right? That he had walked away, he had left Jesus, he was no longer in the area of Jesus, but he made it a point to return his things. He made it a point to come back to Jesus to say, Thank you. And here's why that matters to me. Because there are a lot of points in our life, y'all, where coming back is inconvenient. Maybe you were headed to church this morning and you get halfway here and you realize you forgot your cell phone and now you got to come back home and get it. That's, that's inconvenient. That's uncomfortable. For a lot of times, coming back is an inconvenience. If you have small kids, you know what it's like to be talking to your kid upstairs in the room and you're like, all right, conversation over? Okay. So you walk downstairs and as you get downstairs, they go, mom! Dad, and now you got to go back all the way upstairs. It's like, why didn't you ask me this when I was already here, right? Yeah, because it's inconvenient for me to come back. And so when I read this guy came back to God, it, it stood off the pages to me. And watch this. God is teaching me that there is a difference between having a grateful heart and having grateful habits. There's a difference in having a grateful heart and doing grateful habits, having grateful habits. Anybody can feel grateful. I guarantee you that if I did some type of poll right now of everybody in this room, and I just said, hey, everybody, are you thankful? Everybody would just go, yep, I'm thankful. 
right? It's, just, it's, it's, it's a feeling. It's one thing to feel thankful. It's another thing to act thankful, to express thankfulness. So we all feel it. I, I think all 10 lepers felt thankful. I, I think if you could grab like a, like a video camera and one of those foam microphones and you find the other, other nine lepers walking somewhere and you ran up on them and you're like, hey, hey, lepers, lepers, real quick, are y'all thankful? You'd be like, yeah, man, hey, let Jesus know. Thanks, man. Appreciate you, bro. Like, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful that you did this. I believe all 10 were thankful, but only one actually showed thankfulness. I think all 10 felt it, but only one expressed it. See, I was always told growing up, have an attitude of gratitude. You ever taught that? You need to have an attitude, gratitude. And I think because it rhymes, we think it works. You know what I mean? Like if it rhymes, it, it just go with it. But here's the problem with having an attitude of gratitude. Having an attitude of gratitude does not always translate to action. So you can feel thankful and not actually express it. It's one thing to feel thankful. It's a whole nother thing to show it. And I'll show you why this is important. I'll prove it to you. Because there have been times, and maybe you can relate to this, but I'm going to bring you into my life. And it's going to happen in a couple of weeks for Christmas. It happened Thanksgiving. It happens on birthdays. It happens all the time where my kids will receive a gift from somebody other than me and their mother. It might be a grandparent, aunt, uncle, it may be somebody from the church, it may be a friend, but they're going to receive a gift and they're going to be very thankful. They're going to open it up and they're going to love it, but it never fails. Me and Darla have to go, you better go over there and tell them thank you. <laughs> you know better go hug your grandma. You know what I mean? Y'all been there? Like they're thankful, but they're not expressing it to the level in which they should express it. So we as adults have to teach them, you need to go over there and tell them thank you. You're trying to do it. You're like, That's so beautiful. Go hug your grandma right now. I'll kill you. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you want them to express it. You want them to show it. It's the same concept for us. That it's one thing to feel it. It's another thing to flat out show it. Now, watch this. If you ever see somebody who is very grateful, you ever see somebody who gets a really good Christmas present, Right? Someone gets the PlayStation 5 or some new J's or whatever, and there's like this, and they take off running to the person who gave them, and they hug them, right? They're so excited. They can't just sit there and be like, thank you. They, are, they have to hug. They have to go and touch. Another way of this would have happened to you Thursday when you sat down to have, you know, Thanksgiving dinner, and, and most of the dishes were okay, but there was that one food dish that was straight fire, you know what I mean? And you, you showed your gratitude by getting up and going back for seconds and thirds and fourths. And you're like hiding some of it off to the side. Nobody wants this. It's nasty right here. If our, it was probably the Watergate salad, guys. I'm just going to let you know. It's probably what it was. But there's, a, there's an aspect where we show gratitude when we are truly grateful. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. There's a gravitational pull to gratitude. There's a gravitational pull. When you enter gratitude in the scenario, it's got this magnetism that just pulls the two people closer. Because true gratitude initiates a return to the giver. It's natural. 
When you and I are very thankful for something, it's natural. There's something in us when we're truly thankful. There's something in us that just pulls us, that makes us want to return to the giver. That's why it's important that you see that this man came back to Jesus. He was so thankful for what God had done in his life that he came back. When you and I are truly thankful for what God's done in our life, we come back to God. We come back to God and we give him our life. When we're truly thankful for all God's done in our financial life, we come back to God. We return it in tithe. We, we come back to God and thank God for it. When you're so thankful that God has set you free and put your feet on solid ground and, and brought you out of something, you want to give back to God. You want to come back to God because you are really grateful. I was talking to a young lady before the first service, and she was talking about her testimony and all the stuff she's been through and how God set her th- free and, and delivered her from all these different things and drugs and all these different things. And she, you could see it on her face. She could not wait to start serving and telling her testimony because when you're really grateful for what God's done in your life, you want to give it back to God. This is, this is why I started a church. Because I realized that God had changed my entire life, that I didn't deserve it, that he had flipped my life upside down, given me purpose, all these things. And I said, where else do I go? What else do I do? I want to give you my life. Like the one leper, I want to come back to you and show you the gratitude for what you've done in my life. Make sense? Listen to me. Either gratitude will be our first step towards God or ingratitude will be our first step away from him. This is some deep theology. It may not sound deep, but, but go with me on this. When we are truly grateful, when we are really thankful to God, there is something that is making us grow closer to God. It's why Psalm 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Because there's something about thanksgiving, there's something about praise that like a magnet draws us into the presence of God. In the same way, if you were to take those magnets and flip them, and now you've got the resistance, I don't know if you heard this as kids, but no matter how hard you try, you can't get the magnets to touch. And ingratitude is like that. When we have ingratitude, it's like it's pushing us away from the presence of God. I'll give you an example to prove to you that. For those of you that are in here and you're in a relationship, maybe you're married or you're dating, after service is over, At some point after lunch or whatever it might be, I want you to bring your significant other close to you, and I want you to take a few moments, and I want you to start telling them how thankful you are for them. Just start, just start telling them, just start telling them all the, I'm so thankful, you know, this, I'm so thankful for that, just, and watch, I I can't explain it to you, but it's all of a sudden that there will be this magnetism between you, where your relationship will grow closer. If you're a kid in here, take a moment and start, just take a moment, pull your parents aside and start thanking them. If you're a parent in here, for a second, pull your kid aside and start thanking them. Anytime you bring gratitude into the scenario, there's going to be this moment of, of closeness. There's going to be this moment of relationship intimacy. Anytime there's gratitude, those two individuals will grow closer. Anytime there's ingratitude, it grows apart. So in the same way, when we show gratitude towards God, we are growing closer to God. If you're in here and you say, hey, I really want to get closer to God, just start thanking him. Quit making your prayer life so difficult and just wake up every morning and start praising him. And I promise in that process, you will get closer to God. But the more you and I move through life with ingratitude, the further and further we're pushed away from God. 
Now watch this. This is important. The enemy hates it when you show God gratitude. He hates it. And he hates it because he understands the principle that I'm trying to teach you. That the more you show God gratitude, the closer you're going to grow towards God. And the more you grow closer to God, the less you're tempted by his ways. So the last thing he wants you to do is to recognize God's grace in your life. He wants you to put it back on yourself because if you give God gratitude, he knows you grow closer to God and further from him. But if he can get ingratitude in between you and God, you will start to distance yourself from God and you will have to fall back on him. And so he hates it so much, watch this, that he will tempt us with a spirit of entitlement. He wants you so bad to not give God praise, to not thank God for something, that he will develop inside of us a spirit of entitlement, a spirit of pride, a spirit that says, I deserved that, a spirit that says, I, you owed me that, a spirit that says, I did that. And if he can get us thinking that way, we won't thank God. Because watch this, you don't show gratitude for something you think you deserve. For those of you that were off on Thursday for Thanksgiving, how many of you walked into your boss's office on Wednesday and thanked them for the day off? Nobody. And here's why. Because you deserve that day off. Right? I mean, that's like a national holiday. Like, you weren't doing me no favors. Everybody, you know what I mean? You know, I'm supposed to get that day off. So you're not going to tell them, thank you. Better question. Two Fridays ago or a month ago, last time you got paid, how many of you received your paycheck, walked into your boss's office, sit down and said, I want to thank you for the paycheck that I got this week? Nobody. <laughs> Why? Because you worked for that. You owed me that. I'm not going to thank you. I worked too long for not enough pay. You know what I mean? Not only should I not be thanking you, I should be mad at you right now. <laughs> Certainly not going to thank you. For those of you that have kids, when's the last time your child looked at you and said, Mom, Dad, I want to thank you for the lights in this house. <laughs> wow. I want to thank you for the heating and the air conditioner elements of our crib, you know? It's never happened. If your kid's done it, they're a prodigy, okay? Put them, they need to be up here right now. It doesn't happen because it's just ingrained in us, y'all, that if I deserve it, I'm not grateful for it. If I'm owed it, I'm not grateful for it. If I'm supposed to have it, I'm not grateful for it. So the enemy wants us to believe that all good things, that all blessings, that anything positive we were owed, we deserved, or we are the ones that created it so that we will give ourselves gratitude instead of giving God gratitude. Because he knows that if you will give yourself what is God's, you will distance yourself from God instead of drawing near him. If I'm not careful... I will assume <laughs> that God is supposed to make my life better. I just assume. Watch this. That's his responsibility. He ain't got nothing else to do. He's already created everything. Bible says he's chilling with his feet up on a footstool. What else is he doing? The least he could do is watch over me 
and make sure all the blessings and responsibilities. That's his job. It's God. And in response to that, my thank you gets lost in the expectation that it's God's purpose to serve me. It's God's purpose to serve me. Why would I thank God for doing what he's supposed to be doing? Why would I thank God for giving me something I deserve? Why would I thank God for doing something that he owed me? And it made me think, is it possible that the other nine didn't come back to Jesus because they simply felt like God was doing what he's supposed to do? Is it possible that they thought, that's Jesus' responsibility? He's just doing what he's supposed to do. Why would I inconvenience myself and return to say thank you if I deserved it to begin with? And so Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and the church in Corinth is experiencing spiritual um, struggles and hardships. And watch what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. He says, as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more glory. As the grace of God reaches more and more people, the response to that will be a great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more of the glory. Here's what he's saying. He's saying our revelation of grace is what influences our power of gratitude. Our revelation of God's goodness, us recognizing that God doesn't owe me anything, that I don't deserve anything, that every good thing is from the Lord, and that it's coming to me by the grace of Jesus. When I have a revelation of God's grace, it influences my gratitude because now I'm not getting what I deserve. I'm not getting what I'm owed. I'm getting the love of God and the grace of God and the mercy of God and the miracles of God and the promises of God and the healing of God and the freedom of God, not because I deserve it, but because of the grace of God. Gratefulness comes from the realization that I am nothing without Jesus. But for some reason, he's gifted me with another day to follow him on this planet. It's understanding the grace of Jesus Christ. And by understanding the grace, it influences my gratitude. Now, let me share with you something that I saw in those scriptures that I had never seen before. And I made you say it. I don't know if you remember it. But the Bible says when the 10 lepers came and they called out to Jesus in a loud voice. And as you read on, the Bible says that the one leper returned. He fell on his knees and he praised God with a loud voice. Now, y'all, I'm a firm believer that there's not a word in the Bible there by accident, that there's nothing there that God doesn't need. He just put it there because he had space. I think the reason that they put loud voice there and loud voice there is because there's a message in there for us. It was interesting to me 
that the same expression that they brought to Jesus their need was the same expression in which he thanked Jesus for his healing. You catch that? The Bible says that he screamed out to God, help me with a loud voice. Help me, loud voice. And in response, he hits his knees and he praises Jesus in a loud voice. Praise you. In other words, you know, it's not like this, help me. And then he comes back, he's like, hey, man, appreciate it, thanks. Send you a text, you know, LOL, thanks, man. GIF, meme. And the same expression in which I cried out to you for my need is the same expression in which I cry out to thank you for all that you've done for me. It's funny because I think Casey Ray is the best when it comes to showing gratitude. She should be nine years old in a couple days and it doesn't matter what she gets. When she gets it, she freaks out. My dad was in town and he's not going to be in town for her birthday, so he got her a birthday present and it was some PJs, pajamas. Remember when y'all used to get PJs for Christmas and you said bad words towards your parents? This girl opened up PJs and she took off running around the living room and she grabbed them and ran upstairs, put them on, came and jumped down the stairs and was like, ah! I'm like, they're PJs. And I don't know, she may be lying. I don't know if she just knows how to fake it or what. But it was just so funny to me because as she's doing it, and this all happened last night, as she's doing it, I'm watching her and I'm like, it's with a loud voice. The gratitude. And that's when it hit me. Gratitude produces worship. Would you stand with me? I thought that it might be worth giving you an opportunity to praise God, to show God your gratitude. Because if you're anything like me, Thursday was a little chaotic. Friday was a little lethargical. Is that how you say that? Lethargic. Saturday, and now you're about to get back to the busyness of life. And it's possible, it's possible that you haven't had the opportunity to rightly thank God for all that he's done in your life. When you came in, you were given some communion. If you don't have one of these, you can raise your hand. Our team will get one to you. We got some over here. Team, Kyle, can you help me with that? Anybody you see with hands up for communion? Oh, Christina's right there. You don't have to partake communion, but I sure would love you to. And here's what this is about. I figured before we thank God for anything, before we thank him for our marriage, before we thank him for our kids, before we thank him for our careers and our finances, we start by thanking him for our salvation. And so the Bible says, anytime you do this, do this in remembrance of me. And the cracker represents the body of Christ broken for our sins. The juice represents the blood of Jesus shed for our sins. And so I thought it's just a really good way for you and I to start our gratitude off over the salvation that's provided through Jesus Christ. Can we do that? But we're going to thank him for so much. But before we do that, before we get into the material things that God has provided for us, let's thank him for our hope. Let's thank him for the grace, the second, third, fourth, fifth chances. Let's thank him that I don't have to get into heaven by works. Let's thank him that my salvation is not based on my performance. It's not about what I do. It's about what Jesus did. Amen? So if you'll take the bread.
Just close your eyes. Father, we thank you right now for your body that was broken for us. We thank you for the salvation that we find in you. We thank you that it's not about works. It's not about legalism, but it's by the grace of Jesus. It's our faith in you that saves us, saves us from our sins, that wipes our slate clean. The Bible says, for the wages of our sin is death. And Father, you provided that death. And so we thank you right now. Take of the bread and just say thank you. Second is the blood of Jesus. It's the juice. Father, we thank you again for the blood that was shed, for the resurrection. As I said, for the second, third, fourth, fifth chances. How could we ever repay you? We can't. But with a loud voice, Father, we thank you. But you partake of the juice. right now in your spirit just start to think about all the good things God has done for you think about the answered prayers think about the unanswered prayers think about the relationships and the provisions think about God's faithfulness come on how many times has he's been there for you when you needed him to be there for you how many times has he's gone before you and behind you how many times have you wanted something but he didn't let you have it and you said thank God that you didn't let me have it Come on, thank him for his healing. Thank him for his provision right now. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you in this place. We lift up our hands. God, we give you gratitude and praise. Come on, just begin to tell him right now as the worship team leads us in song. With all of that in mind, show your gratitude with a loud voice this morning. Thank you, Jesus.